0: section fourteen of the south american republics volume two by thomas cleland dawson this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by piotr natter part three bolivia chapter one the conquest and the mines between latitudes fourteen and a half and twenty-three and a half the mighty andean chain is massed into a plateau five hundred miles wide over twelve thousand feet high and interspersed with a complex system of mountains and ridges parallel transverse and interlaced geographers estimate that this central portion of the andean system contains nearly five hundred thousand cubic miles of matter above sea level and that it would cover the entire area of south america to an average depth of four hundred feet the great ranges which stretch north to the caribbean and south to cape horn are mere arms of this massive elevation of the earth the highest and largest in the new world within a few miles of the coast rises a lofty and continuous range of mountains which can be scaled only over a few passes none of which fall far below fourteen thousand feet from the top a vast plateau stretches to the lofty chain which forms the inland rim of the andean massif. this plateau is bolivia the northern portion forms the titicaca basin the whole of which was formerly covered by an immense fresh-water sea, fed by the snows of the surrounding mountains and draining southeast into the Plate Valley. Now, however, the rainfall has so decreased that the Great Lake is shrunk to a mere tithe of its original dimensions, and none of its waters escape out of the dry plateau. In its southern part, the plateau is bifurcated by a high central ridge, which divides southern Bolivia into two portions the western of which called the puna is too high cold and dry for cultivation to the east the plains are lower and moister sloping very gradually toward the east until they plunge off abruptly into the great central valley of south america the northern part of the basin was the cradle of civilization in south america On the shores of the lake are ruins of great buildings erected by a race who occupied this plateau unknown centuries before the rise of the Inca power. One doorway exists in an almost perfect state of preservation, carved out of a single block of stone seven feet high and twice as long, covered with figures elaborately sculpted in high relief, while dozens of heroic statues, and walls containing hewn stones twelve yards long remain to attest the skill of the old workmen. Bolivian history emerges from the realm of conjecture with the invasion of the Incas, a warlike and civilized tribe who inhabited the slightly lower plateaus and valleys northeast of the Titicaca basin. The ancient Titicacan civilization had long since fallen from its high estate, and the Inca armies easily overcame the resistance of the scattered shepherd tribes. The conquered Aborigines were incorporated with the Incas, and Quechua became the principal, although not the only language. The colonies of the dominant race spread south and east over the massive into the fertile regions of Yungas, Cochabamba, and Charcas. Bolivia became one of the principal seats of the Inca power. There they built their most magnificent palaces, In the northern mountains they found the copper for their tools and weapons, and the gold which they used to ornament their temples. Over the higher plains roamed flocks of llamas and vicuñas. The slightly lower parts of the plateau produced potatoes and quinoa, and the warmer valleys maize, cocoa, and cotton. The broad lake, the rivers, and the roads over the comparatively level country favored intercommunication and social and industrial consolidation. In the terrible civil war which broke out about 1525 between Atahualpa and Huascar, Bolivia suffered less than the Peruvian and Ecuadorian provinces. But thousands of her sons were drafted into the armies, which Huascar successively launched against Quizquiz and the horde of northern tribes which relentlessly marched from Quito to Cuzco, and after five years of slaughter captured the southern capital and the legitimate emperor but before quizquiz had had time to pursue his conquering way into bolivia news came that pizarro had imprisoned and murdered atahualpa and that the spaniards were on their way to cuzco to give battle to quizquiz and restore the legitimate succession the northern indians were defeated and at the close of fifteen thirty three pizarro entered cuzco in triumph riding at the side of huascar's heir the people of southern Peru, Bolivia, Tucuman, and Chile regarded the Spaniards as deliverers and allies. Within a few months after the occupation of Cuzco, the strangers rode out of the city along the splendid stone-flagged Inca roads, crossed the transverse range into the Titicaca basin, and followed southeast to the extremity of the plateau, encountering little resistance, and regarded as ambassadors from the Inca empire. They found the country teeming with a docile and prosperous population, and the mountains on its borders were reported to abound in silver, gold, and copper. Almagro, Pizarro's partner and associate, to whose share had fallen the southern half of the empire, resolved not only to take possession of Bolivia, but also to conquer the great province which the Indians told him lay far to the south, in fertile valleys on the western side of the Andes, and hard by the Pacific Ocean. In 1535 Almagro marched from Cusco with 500 Spaniards and 10,000 Indians, the latter under the command of a brother of the emperor. After crossing the Titicaca Basin, he surmounted the difficulties of the bleak and icy Puna, the snowy passes, and the Atacama Desert, and descended finally into Chile. But he found the people poor and warlike, and encountered little gold returning in fifteen thirty eight to make war on pizarro he was defeated and died strangled in prison by his relentless rival hernando and gonzalo pizarro francisco's brothers became dominant on the titicacan plateau and began establishing great feudal lordships dividing the country among their followers and exacting tribute and forced labour from the indians in fifteen forty the great marquis himself visited Charkas the southern capital and the only large Indian city in Bolivia. Late that same year, his quartermaster, Pedro de Valdivia, led another expedition along the route over the Bolivian plateau into northern Chile. Meanwhile, the Spaniards were diligently searching Bolivia for the Indian gold mines. Though the Incas were known to have extracted immense quantities of the metal from the placers around Lake Titicaca, the surface deposits had been pretty well exhausted, and the Spaniards were disappointed. Silver, however, existed in abundance, and the strangers began to work the mines shortly after they reached the plateau about fifteen forty five The great deposits of Potosí were discovered on a bleak mountain side four hundred miles southeast of Titicaca and near Charcas, in the regions where Gonzalo Pizarro possessed immense estates at that time gonzalo was virtually independent monarch of the whole inca empire having headed a successful revolt against a viceroy sent out to reorganize the country and put a stop to indian slavery but he did not long enjoy his riches for in 1548 he risked his all in a hopeless battle with a new spanish governor and ended his stormy life on the scaffold the discovery of potosí revolutionized upper peru as bolivia was then called it is probable that the high and inaccessible plateau would have largely escaped Spanish settlement if it had not been for the marvellous riches now offered to Spanish cupidity pizarro's original followers came as conquerors and not as settlers they overran a great and civilised empire whose revenues they proposed to absorb and whose inhabitants they subjected to tribute but after they had obtained all the gold accumulated in the hands of the indians there would have been little to have induced them to remain in bolivia but as soon as the unprecedented extent of the silver deposit at potosi was recognized bolivia became the greatest source of that metal in the known world and the most important province of the transatlantic dominions of the castilian king that one mountain has produced two billion ounces of silver even by the early rude processes which the spaniards found in use among the indians seventy million ounces were taken out in the first thirty years and the discovery of quicksilver in peru with the invention of the copper pan amalgamation process in fifteen seventy five quadrupled the output a great mining camp sprang up on the potasi mountain side royal officials contractors and merchants flocked to this eldorado the mountain roads to lima swarmed with mule trains carrying down silver and painfully toiling back again laden with supplies the routes of the bolivian plateau became the greatest arteries of travel in spanish america the year of gonzalo's execution the city of la paz was founded in a valley lying in the open plains just south of lake titicaca and soon became a great emporium of spanish trade on the fertile plateau to the east of potosi the city of charcas flourished and was made the political and ecclesiastical capital of upper peru potos being too high for europeans soon other great mines were found among which those of oruro on the southeastern edge of the titicaca basin proved especially rich nearly ten thousand abandoned silver mines testify to the activity of the spaniards in hunting the precious metal and the total production of silver in Bolivia during the colonial period exceeded three billion ounces. To work these mines, the Spaniards ruthlessly impressed the helpless Indians. Each village was required to furnish a certain number of laborers annually. Lots were drawn as if for a proscription, and the unhappy creatures who drew the bad numbers went off to meet a certain death in the dark wet pits and galleries, bidding good-bye to their wives and children like men stepping on the scaffold. The destruction of life was frightful. The official returns made by the officials charged with the impressment, demonstrating that in the neighborhood of Potosí, the Indian population fell within a hundred years to a tenth of its original numbers. The influx of Spanish adventurers and officials also stimulated the extension of the system of agricultural encomiendas, that is the grants of large tracts of land with the privilege of enslaving the indian occupants sheep were introduced from spain within twenty years of the conquest and immense herds belonging to the spanish proprietors and tended by indian slaves soon covered the vast pasture grounds which are found even on the higher and colder portions of the plateau horses had come with the first conquerors and the breeding of mules flourished especially in cochabamba the great agricultural centre which was founded in fifteen seventy three as well as in charcas and the far southern districts of tucuman cattle spread quickly over these same regions and their beef maize mules and horses found a good market in the mining districts by the year fifteen eighty the spanish colonial system affecting the natives had been perfected codified and put into general operation the whole country was divided into about thirty districts each governed by a corregidor who in theory was controlled by a complicated and carefully drawn system of regulations but who in practice was a petty tyrant against whom the white creoles had little chance of redress and who held the indians absolutely at his mercy the regulations framed by the distant viceroy at Lima, for the protection of the natives, were evaded by the corregidores, intent solely on extorting money from the poor creatures committed to their charge. Encomiendas had nominally been abolished, but landed proprietors still exercised the right to exact tribute from the Indians on their estates, and great numbers were forced to serve as life-servants under various pretexts those indians who retained a semblance of freedom obeyed their own caciques who were often the descendants of the royal inca family the principal duty for which the spaniards held these chiefs responsible was the collection of the head tax in their respective villages the letter of the law required a seventh of the adult male population to work for the benefit of the government and in practice this resulted in an unlimited farming out of Indians as slaves to the rural proprietors. As much as possible the Indians retired to their villages to escape the notice of the officials, hoping to find under their own caciques a measure of security and a chance to live in modest poverty. Misrule, slavery, labor in the mines— Neglect of that intensive and government-directed agriculture, which had alone rendered it possible to sustain the dense population of Inca times, decimated the Indians. Few parts of the plateau escaped coming under Spanish rule, but the white conquerors, like their Inca predecessors, stopped short when they reached the dense forests and steep valleys eroded by wildly rushing rivers, which cover the eastern slope of the great mountain region down these terrific gorges no progress was made and only occasionally did some devoted priest manage to establish a mission among the intractable indians who inhabit the open prairies interspersed among the beautiful forest-covered plains drained by the tributaries of the madeira the roads the incas built to the pacific continued even in spanish times to be the only practicable way of communication between bolivia and the outer world transportation over the steep and tedious route from potosí to la paz thence around titicaca and along the high valleys of southern peru to the beginning of the tremendous descent to lima was too expensive to permit any export except of the precious metals to the south there was a somewhat easier route to the valleys of northeastern argentina into which the spaniards had spread within a few decades after the discovery of potosí And whence food and pack animals were drawn for the mining regions. Spanish law forbade the use of the Atlantic ports at the mouth of the plate, and for more than two centuries Bolivia continued under both administrative and commercial subordination to Lima. Jesuit missionaries arrived in Bolivia within twenty-five years after Loyola had founded the order. They established an important mission on the banks of Lake Titicaca in 1577 and five years later introduced the printing press in order to distribute among their proselytes grammars and catechisms in the native tongues in the seventeenth century they succeeded in penetrating down the eastern slope of the andes and across the great central plain to the outlying hills of the brazilian mountain system where they established several missions among the chiquitos indians they even reached the grassy prairies which lie three hundred miles north of the inner angle of the great plateau converted the mojos and taught them to herd cattle but in the forests and along the base of the andes the fierce tribes held their own as they had against the incas and as they have continued to do against the spanish americans to this day in sixteen nineteen another great silver find was made this time near lake titicaca A few years later civil war broke out among the Potosi miners, caused by the rancorous greed of the speculators who worked the mines under contract. Official authority could do little to suppress the bloody encounters, and the factions were only reconciled after three years of fighting. The discovery in 1657 of another very rich silver mine near the lake brought on desperate fights among the miners who flocked to the place the chief contractor enraged the other spaniards by his exactions and the situation became so serious that in sixteen sixty five the viceroy went in person and summarily tried and executed forty-two persons among them the contractor's own brother for one hundred and fifty years the spaniards had failed to find gold deposits equal to those from which the incas had drawn the fabulous treasures that paid atahualpa's ransom but about the end of the seventeenth century rich placers were discovered in the mountains east of lake titicaca the town of sorata soon rivalled potosi in opulence shortly thereafter other great gold deposits were found on the eastern slope of the inner andes by adventurous brazilians who had made their way across the continent to the eastern headwaters of the madeira and ascended the beni river as far as the escarpment of the great plateau The news of the discovery brought a crowd of Spanish miners from Chile, and as the placers were rich and Indian labor abounded, fortunes were rapidly accumulated. The gold was sold in annual fairs which continue to be held to this day, but as is always the case in gold washings, the first results were the best. The region is too difficult of access for quartz mining, and the production rapidly fell off. Activity in that part of Bolivia ceased in the 18th century, and only a few Indians continued to wash a little gold in the remoter streams. In 1781 Sorata was destroyed, and the gold country virtually abandoned. End of section 14.